I was always designing these sort of alien, like goddess creatures. That was always my kind of inspiration. Welcome to episode four of Design Pod, Harriet. How are you? I'm really well, Hamish. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Even more so the fact that this is our last episode that we're recording over Zoom because next month we're going to be in the studio. I know, it's so exciting. I can't wait to actually see real people, talk to them face to face. Much as I love seeing you and everyone over Zoom <laughs> with a duvet over my head in order to create a studio environment, we're going to be somebody somewhere that's actually got bespoke, I understand bespoke, pods am I right? Oh yeah we've, we've um, got an amazing studio lined yeah, up. Yeah yeah so we're going to be you know taking this podcast to the next professional level. Profesh I think that's the best way to describe <laughs> it. Um, okay so this episode is all about fashion and design which really two worlds that don't necessarily operate in the same arena. No they don't because I mean they're, they're looking you know fashion and interior design fashion is generally seen to be you know about the body about what we wear and interior design is about our environment so but there is no reason why the two actually interior design couldn't go into fashion and fashion couldn't go into interior design i mm. think it's a very natural um cross fertilization really mm. and i'm seeing a lot of suppliers as well that are really taking on board that haute couture vibes um you know one of which is um arte wall coverings which have just um launched the uh, le tricot um collection which is fabulous i mean you know it's a great way of really taking art outside the frame and really sort of you know opening it up and creating statement areas but you know also in the bathroom as well we can't really ignore the fact that bathrooms are becoming way more than practical spaces these days absolutely they've gone from the sort of functional let's get clean and brush our teeth at us you know scenario to let's actually enjoy this environment and if we're going to enjoy it, it needs to be designed well styled well and also obviously be functional but why not bring it all the way through your house into your bathroom as well absolutely um and so within this episode we're we've interviewed jack irving and just for your purpose listeners we've only just interviewed him how amazing is jack irving he's so cool i mean what a nice what a top bloke i really really enjoyed listening to his his discussion with you and um uh you know just fascinated to hear about his um his career history his his startings where he wants to go as well he's just the embodiment of a creative i think really mm. and just for everyone's um purpose jack irving is a um an artist and designer he's he's worked in fashion with the likes of lady Gaga the Spice Girls, Paris Hilton, and many, many more. Um, and it's just a, a really embodiment of, of fashion moving into interior design because he worked on a project which we, we, we'll hear about um, with W London, but really to create that statement, Instagrammable um, kind of uh, sensation. It's interesting mm. to see social media playing a big part in that connection between the two worlds. Yeah, well, he's obviously, in the way that interior designers are conscious of the visual impact of our work. So, um, you know, his, his work is very recognisable. And, um, and when it's applied in the right way into an interior, it's just, it's got the real wow factor. And the great thing about Jack as well is that he understands the, um, you know, when your when you're products, when you're designing products there's the there's the form but also there's the function and as we know you know if you if you put on a pair of trousers and they don't fit you know they don't work the same thing in interiors you put something in there that doesn't work doesn't fit it's not going to be usable so he's understood that concept of transferring from you know from art into interiors in in a functional way 
Mm. And I really respect that he didn't, he's never really changed his style to the point of um, it's evolved, obviously, naturally, as, as all styles do. But he's, he's always been very um, sure of his, his designs and, and not in an arrogant way at all. No, um, I was just going to say, I think he's the embodiment of a, a great British creative. I love that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Um, and also with, with all of his work, um, what, what really lies at the, the, as the common denominator, if you like, is, is his ability to collaborate and to position himself in, in collaborations that are meaningful and that work with his brand and vice versa. Um, and I think interior designers, well, they are, they're, they're much more um, aware and, and up for collaborations than they were perhaps 10 years ago, for example. Why do you think that is? I think originally interior designers are quite scared of their arena being taken away from them, particularly, mm. you know, justifiably when it's artists who, who don't understand the parameters within which we have to work. And don't forget that, you know, as designers, we go to university or we, we, we use, you know, we, we work as interns and then work our way up and we learn on the hoof uh, in our jobs and you know that experience can't really be taken away from someone in terms of you know what they can bring to a job as a designer so I think originally interiors uh, people were scared about artists coming in with impractical concepts but now there's such cross-fertilization between all sorts of you know, designs of and an art, an art uh, of all varieties. That there's just an understanding of it being a much more um, holistic view rather than a sort of piecemeal, and we don't really invade each other's spaces. Um, so I think there's a greater acceptance and an understanding of the value that can be brought as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's stop talking and let's just hear the interview because it's it's fantastic. It is wonderful. So this is Jack Irving. Jack um, really shot to fashion fame in, when he was only 21 years old when Lady Gaga herself got in contact and commissioned him to create an amazing piece. Um, and we catch up with Jack after he um, has worked on a number of collaborations with uh, W Hotels, which is an amazing brand all of in itself. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, looking towards the future, which is all explored in this interview. So Jack Irving, welcome to Design Pod. How are you and where are you in the world right now? Hello, hi, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm currently in London, um, yeah, in Islington. Uh, I'm good, it's been pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty crazy few weeks with those projects. So um, yeah, it's nice to have a bit of time out. <laughs> Are you in the studio at the moment? Uh, yeah, not right now, no, because because uh, my internet in the studio is terrible. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's a really it's a really big warehouse. Um, so it's kind of really difficult. There's like I think like ten artists all streaming off the same internet. So no, I'm, I'm at home. <laughs> so. I've got pictures of all of your um, prototypes all in the all in your house covered around because obviously you can't get to the studio or maybe you can get to the studio but I can just imagine as an artist all your work everywhere all over your house <laughs> yeah yeah well not, I actually we, we actually have, have a bit of a policy at home as in no work because the studio <laughs> it's not a tidy studio it's a very like there's actually things everywhere popping out at you like it, if everything in the studio inflated you wouldn't even be able to move a single like it's, it's, it's actually a really big studio as well I'm not complaining <laughs> but it's um, <laughs> yeah we've got like a really big um, really high ceiling but honestly it's just that much things in there that you literally can't move so home is like a very simple space a sanctuary yeah yeah <laughs> we kind of I think 
people didn't think I could come and see our house. I think it's going to be this big, crazy thing. And we kind of just said, no, let's just keep it nice and clean. <laughs> she did the opposite. It's just like colourful, iridescent madness in every way you look. Mirrored material, lights, lasers. We've got smoke machines in there. Literally, it's, it's literally like... It sounds like a party. I'm going up. It, is. it really is. It's just kind of, I think, because of the work I do, it's not just kind of fashion or costume. It kind of covers all spectrums. We kind of have the tools to kind of put on a show at any moment, <laughs> I think. And so yeah. we sort of would test something out with a smoke machine and lighting just because we can. And I think that's how we've always kind of operated. And yes, yeah, so, 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 so the studio is a kind of a big party, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I said. So Jack, you're best known for creating otherworldly custom designed fluorescent maximalist outfits. You shot to fashion fame when you were just 21 years of age, when none other than Lady Gaga herself commissioned you to create that sea urchin outfit for the final night of her art pop world tour in Paris. How did life as a fashion designer change after that moment? Um, yeah, so it was kind of a, it was a life-changing moment. I mean, I think for me, um, if, if it sort of described my journey, I was always designing these sort of alien, like, goddess creatures. That was always my kind of inspiration. Um, there's a whole backstory behind how I have, how, like, a, I'm fascinated with showgirls, and my drawings and inspirations are always kind of based around this kind of alien showgirl character. So the drawings, so when I was probably like, I would have been like 13, 14 when Lady Gaga burst onto the scene. Um, I was kind of already designing these outfits, but there was never really a pop star, so to say that, or a kind of a mainstream character who would fit the wearability of the things that I was designing. They were just too kind of crazy and alien. And we were kind of in that kind of, not, it was a sort of the, it would have been like the 2008, Sort of pre, it was sort of pre-Gaga era, you know, there wasn't really anyone out there who you could go, she's daring out, kind of, you know, in that sort mm. of way she is. So when she came on the scene, it was almost like she in my head fitted the muse character of the things I've been designing as a, as, a, as like a teenager. So it was kind of, at that point, it was like, oh my God, she has to wear my work. Like that, that is, that's my life goal. Like that, that is all I know about, you know, so... Um, so it was quite an, quite an authentic journey. So I kind of carried on d- designing my things, doing my thing. Um, yeah, in the back of my mind, it was always designed for Gaga at some point. That was always there. And then I went to university, I this at Martins, and then I made this sort of body of work, so to say, because I'm not a fashion designer and I'm not, a, not an artist, I'm kind of in between. And I, was, mm. and I was always at that point. I never labelled myself, ever. So it was more a case of... Um, made this body of work and then luckily sent about a million emails to millions of people. <laughs> it was a, a real, a real, you know, it was a real hustle. You know, it wasn't easy. Yeah, of course. And then luckily, yeah, she, she picked it up and she was like, I'm obsessed. I love it. And, and I was like, what? So, so yeah, so it was kind of, it was it's a real it's testament kind of- to her as well, actually, for for sort of choosing a um, an unestablished designer at that point, who's who's still at uni- still in um, you know education. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, I mean, I literally just graduated. Like, it would have been I graduated like a month and a half before she got back to me. So after she got back to me, so it was kind of like really. I think it was more surreal because. In terms of the, the, the my journey and sort of when my career started, 
there was a time mm. after I finished university and, you know, I've been doing design and I think at university I felt very, my work was always very um, kind of outlandish and very big. And I just, oh, sorry. Oh, God. Sorry. Please tell me that's Lady Gaga. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's a... <laughs> Is that actually, I can tell you about something, that's something I can tell you about later actually that, that project. Okay. It's very exciting, I can tell you about. Um, <laughs> um, you know, so, so um, I don't know why it's doing that because my phone's on silent and it's sorry. Oh, don't worry, it's fine. Um, These things happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so the... But with, with that, being a student, um, when you sort of like broke onto the scene, if you like, um, Harriet and I are, are really adamant to promote, you know, young designers. And, and it's so tough for young designers at the moment in in all um, areas, whether that be fashion, design, architecture, yeah. especially with what's happening to, you know, not be able to be in a, in a firm and do an internship and have that face to face human connection. What what advice would you give to young designers and aspiring professionals? Well, I think oh, that's what I was going to say. So I think for, for me, my style was very, um, you know, niche and I felt very isolated in a certain sense because what I was doing wasn't necessarily a trend. It wasn't a trend in, in art in arts or a trend in fashion. I was just doing my thing. Mm. So in a certain sense, it was like every door was being slammed in my face. I mean, like I say, it, my journey with Lady Gaga was a bit of a fairy tale in, in my sense, mm. because up until that point, I had every magazine, every stylist, everyone I could think of, just not interested, closed door on my face, not replied to any emails. It was very disheartening. So... It's just a cocaine. I think my advice would be is keep going because in a very I know there's that really weird gaga quote where she's like, there's a hundred people in the room and only one it takes one person. Without being too cringe, like she in my life was that one person. Does it's true sense? though. Like, so, when you look at but when you look at like Alexander McQueen, for example, and, you know, he was he was very, um, you know, uh, adamant on his designs. And I can imagine at university when you're given a brief that's not about your DNA as, as a designer, that must be quite difficult to answer to that brief when you know full well, when you're so sure of your own style and your own yeah. um, design DNA, it's really difficult for that to be, um, you know, anything other than the rejected by so many people along the lines. And as you say, it takes one person to to believe in you and take your design further. Yeah. And, and look what's happened. I mean, that led to so many incredible collaborations. Yeah, it did. It did. And, and that's the thing. So that's why I would say just keep, be sure of yourself and keep going. And, and, and I think that's the only thing I've always been quite headstrong and quite like, no, my way or no way, <laughs> you know, in that sort of design sense. Um, mm. and, and I think, yeah, that, that's definitely the rest of us. I think you just keep going and real really kind of do the research know who you need to be speaking to you know deeper because it's, there's always another assistant or another layer to sell to someone's team it just has how it all works so yeah I think mm. is that helpful <laughs> yeah totally and also I would add to that in as well with with your team they they all have a very similar mindset and are very much on your journey with you and I think that that's been really important for you and I mean you guys work so well as a team um you know your your guys that you work with and I just feel as if um you know you as a brand um yeah that that must be good I would say though Jack you're you're so different to what I would imagine you to be because your, really? your designs are so out there so um so sort of in your face and unapologetic and and you you as a person I mean we, we've caught up a number of times and it's just so so lovely being in your company but you're so um modest about your designs as well 
Yeah, I think I think I've people I hear that a little bit, and it's a bit weird because I mean, I try and um, I don't. I've I've not always been like that shy or anything, but I think I always like like the work to sort of do the talking. Yeah, so, like I think a lot in in my opinion, and there's quite a few. I don't want my kind of my personality to kind of overtake the design, like you know me as a character, <laughs> so to say. Mm. So I think mm. yeah, I think that's kind of. Um, I just sort of get on with it really and, and just quite enjoy, I do it for the designing, not for kind of the attention and everything that kind of comes with it, <laughs> you know? So um, yeah. yeah, I would say that's probably um, the best way to kind of navigate through the industry as well. <laughs> you know, but I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, let the projects yeah, yeah. That you're talking. So, so the title of this podcast is, is really all about when fashion meets design. Um, and you, you epitomize that because um, when I first met you, you, uh, you made your debut onto the interior design scene. Tell us more, a, bit, a little bit more about that project with, with W Hotel London. And again, that, that particular brand was so well fitted and suited to, to Jack Irving. Oh my god! It was um, honestly a match made in heaven. Uh, a dream to work with W, like as a as a team, as a brand. Um, so I originally got brought on board to design a huge collection of Pride costumes for. Uh, they sort of saw my work at Fashion Week, and then were like, "Oh, we'd really love to have a slice of that as representing sort of the, the W in the Pride Parade in London." So um, we ended up making like hundred different like accessories and pieces for for for, for all the pride uh, for members of the hotel. So that sort of started my working relationship with them, and then from that they that that, that went really really well, and they invited me back. Um, they sort of said it might happen in the future, but it happened very, actually very very quickly. They were so they said, you know, we're interested in we're doing we're doing a refurb of all the rooms, and we kind of want you to come in and design a something to kind of put your stamp on the rooms in some way. And I was like, oh my God, dream, like total dream from dream. <laughs> so um, it kind of started as a bit of a process because I had all these like ideas that, that I just thought were way too crazy, way too out there and just not very functional, but I thought they were really fun ideas. And I pitched them to, to all the, the all the director board and I, I literally went in there with thinking they're going to hate it. They're going to say, no, that's just, it's, it's a big brand. They're really corporate. They're not corporate at all. But I mean, no. as, as an outsider, you, you, you make up all these stories in your head about a brand. And after, you know, we, we, we pitched it. And the minute we pitched it, they were like, we, we love it. We're obsessed. And we were like, I think what? that's a real, <laughs> that, that speaks volumes really, doesn't it? I mean, when, when you're pitching for, it's almost like an interview when you're going for a job, like you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And it's the same with the pitch. You're working out whether this relationship is going to work, right? Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. And it just straight away clicked. And, you know, there was no, you know, it just felt very, obviously we didn't have a prototype made or anything then, but, you know, from the start, it was like, no, that, that, this is really interesting. And, we did go in with a very strong, strong concept. So the concept, um, with the way we, we sort of played on the cliche of my work uh, as sort of take on the hotel. So I'm known for making these sort of sea urchin spiky sculptures, uh, which is made famous by Lady Gaga. So it's mm -hmm. almost like bringing a sample of that kind of Lady Gaga spiky sea urchin sculpture to the rooms. So we ended up making these spiky um, sort of sea urchin pillows, but then, we also wanted to make them interactive. So we um, we did loads of research and we managed to find this amazing fabric um, that, that was made for us. Um, so it interacts with the camera of your phone. So 
So it was kind of like a multifaceted project. I, I wanted to make something that was suited to the rooms, but that was still crazy, but then had this sort of new surprise element. And I think we achieved that, which was a complete dream come true. So, but yeah, they're amazing. And I just want to say, if, if anyone wants to see Jack's work, like just head over to, to Jack Irving Studios' Instagram because um, it is really incredible. And I don't think you can really listen to this podcast without really seeing um, seeing your work, Jack. So so it was at that launch party of the W Hotel projects that you did where, where we first met. And I, it's quite a funny story, really, but rather embarrassing for me. So do, do you remember? <laughs> I boldly went over to you um, and introduced myself with a glass of fizz. I was lift pitching about how amazing it would be for us to interview you for hotel designs and I was getting to the end of my response and then I just hear that's lovely but I'm actually Reese Jack's partner yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone thinks Reese is me everyone <laughs> oh it was so humiliating yeah, but actually it was the start of wonderful time. journey <laughs> we go to fashion week and um oh no the funniest was we, it happened we were working on on the Spice Girls on the on the Spice Girls tour, and everyone was like, "Jack, Jack's reason like that's Jack." Everyone thought I was the intern. <laughs> but I, when I when I was I was like really bigging myself up to go over and just like go in really bold and just be like, "Look, we should work together." And I did like a whole two minute pitch before I didn't even give him any time to say, "I'm I'm not Jack." <laughs> <laughs> but but Reese is your partner, isn't he? And yes, Reese helps you um, you work together. But on yeah. the side, what I didn't realise is Reese is a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In twenty four hours in A and E quite regularly. Yeah, yeah. So he's um he's always been very creative. Um, um, you know, way before we met, and then he just sort of was a doctor. He became a doctor and succeeded at that, and he's became a consultant very very quickly. So he's sort of very young for, for how much he is, is achieved in his sort of doctor doctor world. So, um, but then he's always been had a passion for art and nearly kind of, before he met me, nearly went, did an art foundation and went to university to study art. So when we met, it was almost like we had all these very similar interests. So um, it was, we were only together for around about, I think like eight months. And then he started working, we started working together and he kind of became the studio manager um, sort of like company director of the Jack Irving company. So it kind of mm. let me do more of the design stuff. And he sort of took over all the kind of more of the day-to-day businessy, you know, logistics sort of stuff. And, that, and, it's and really luckily cool. he was the right person for me to talk to anyway, because he also handles your PR. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, he's far more organised than me. Because the thing is, I'm designing like five, seven things at the same time. My phone's going off, doing oh Jack, Jack, and I'm like ah. <laughs> you know, so he's sort of exactly he's actually the right person to be speaking to because I'd have been been doing something else, but a minute later. So so yeah, yeah. This podcast series is sponsored by Bathroom Brands Group, which includes established, trusted, and regularly specified bathroom brands such as Crosswater, Burlington, Britain, and Clearwater. So, so Jack, with, with all of our episodes of Design Pod, we, we do a quick fire round just to try and get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so, are you ready? Yes. What was your most favourite or the best decade for fashion and design? Um, have to be the 90s. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in the 90s, um, well, Thierry Mugler is like my absolute idol, always will be you know, he's just the, for me, the absolute godfather of fashion. 
and 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 I also feel like he's not spoken about enough as a designer in mainstream culture. I feel like I think you know these days everyone's. Uh, I'm thinking. I just feel like he's he is the the original. There's just nobody greater than him, um, and he inspires us all. Inspires me. So yeah, I think and, and he summed up that entire decade. That was his decade, and I think yeah. That's that's the one. <laughs> Brilliant. What was your first job? Well, my first job was working at the X Factor. Oh my god! Um, yeah, yeah. So I was a costume junior, sort of costume designer maker at X Factor after leaving university. So actually, I mean, most people say like coffee shop or a waiter or barman, but oh, first job, oh, first job ever, ever after uni. No, oh first no, job... no, no, first job ever, ever. Oh, I think it was a pot wash or something. Okay. Yeah, that sounds more like it. <laughs> I was going to say you started. I thought you meant like the first actual job. I was like, no, that, no, yeah. So, <laughs> I think that was a pot wash and it was vile. And I still to this day hold it against my parents for making me do it. <laughs> oh, it was no. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, which, which artists would you love to work with who you currently are not working with? Um, well, there's, there's so many. I mean, like I'm quite, I'm really into music. Like I'm very diverse in music. So I think in terms of like a legend, I'd love to work with somebody like Grace Jones um, or Bjork, somebody like that. Like just like a legendary music icon. Um, I'm really into my techno. I don't know if I told you this, but I'm really into my techno. So um, there's a, there's a, my favorite techno artist is called Amelie Lenz and she's like the queen of techno and I would love to collaborate with her in some other way, whether that be a sculpture or a, a sound installation or something. Yeah, I've got, I could, I could talk to you all day about how I want to work with because it's like every day it's growing the list. <laughs> to describe um, a, a Jack Irving model in three words. Oh, three words. Um, well, she's definitely an alien. Um, she's definitely fabulous and she's definitely fierce yeah <laughs> who is the most famous person in your contacts are you allowed Ooh, to say <laughs> oh, there, there's there's some really exciting people but i can't really say because <laughs> oh, <laughs> i'm telling <laughs> but, but yeah yeah but no, like um yeah some I, i'm trying to think no, I can't say, I can't say because I get told off. But. So, so when you, you know, of course, that's absolutely fine. When, when you, um, you know, when you decide that you want to work with someone or reach out to them, is it a case of, um, I mean, how do you even do that? Is it just a case of like sending numerous emails and try and get through to the right people and try and get through to their team? And I, I can imagine your your past um, projects really enforced, um, you know, your future, really. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's um, that's a really sort of interesting point. I think it, it depends on, on, on the on the person. Um, so being, uh, it depends on the person. So somebody like, for example, um, some people have huge teams around them um, and the, the team and the teams are kind of, can be very intuitive and in the room with the artist. Um, other people can be very kind of, I'm not, and there's somebody who's amazing, who's on my Instagram a lot, She's blonde. I'll you can work it out. She's incredible. Um, very, very famous. But she yeah. deals with everything herself. I mean, oh, wow. we speak very personally. We don't. 
I don't want to name names, but she's, no, no, no. Honestly, very, it's fine. It's very obvious who it is. She's. I work with her a lot, and she's blonde. And she's very. I actually very, saw very the documentary good. recently. I, I, yes, I, I yes, recognize yes, it straight yes, away. Yes, I was yes, like, oh my god, yes, I need. Yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so she's incredible. So she, we, she's very personable, and um, that's so nice to hear. There's no, there's no PA you're going through. There's no assistant. It's so thankful. You know, do you know what I'm saying? So it depends yeah. on the artist. And I think um, there's also I'm not, there's somebody else who's incredible who works with the other person who it feels like the artists who are like that are very much in control and that they're relying on their own kind of destiny and their own gratitude to kind of get them further. I think that's really, really sweet. So mm. it depends on the artist. Some, some have 50 people around them, some have not one <laughs> so yeah yeah and I think as well that like the, the work going forward yes yeah. so I think for me if I um it does determine the kind of work you're doing so what the work you're doing next so mm-hmm. for example I'm currently working on any body of work that I want to put out to kind of go into a different area but it just depends on the vibe and the feeling but yeah it does it does determine it definitely mm. and I can imagine like with your um well just the industry you're in really people's opinions can be so divisive and um and uh I mean I'm, I'm interested because I read a review recently in Cosmo oh, from hilarious. a few years ago and it was hilarious um, and I'm going to quote it but I'm not going to say all of it because it's it's rude but um it's like Lady Gaga fever dream came to life ate a rainbow and bleeped out a magical turd <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that was, was the most, like, how do you, do you read all the reviews that you get? Um, yeah, so that was probably the funniest. I think, yeah, I think, oh yeah, I don't read them all. Um, I think I stay off, there's a, there's like a video on YouTube that has like 4 million views, no, actually more. There's one video that has 9 million views in my work and one that has two and the one that has 2 million views is basically just pure insults like trolling so yeah I've kind of stopped reading the internet after that um, because it's sort of um, I think people with my work I think I've always wanted to and subconsciously wanted to kind of provoke a reaction out of people I've never really wanted you know I, I don't I don't know whether the word is to shock people but it's always been like you know I've always been about things being big and excessive and that isn't necessarily the norm so I I I've got enough awareness now that that might make people, you know, not used to seeing that, so they might make a comment. But um, yeah, it now goes over my head. I mean, there's so many things. I've been doing it now for long enough to kind of, it just goes past me. You know, I'm like, cool, you don't like it, good for you, drop a medal. <laughs> you know, mm. it's just sort of, um, yeah, so it's, it, it depends. I mean, like the, the articles, you know, like the, it's interesting because, Cosmo would say that, but then, you know, a newspaper like the Daily Mail, and the Daily Mail could, you know, historically about fashion have, can be quite critical and stick their finger in things. They don't really, I mean, Daily Mail fashion doesn't really go hand in hand. It's not really a fashion newspaper. So, no. <laughs> so somebody like them, I expected them to be, to, to, be, to, be, to be really nasty. And they wrote a really nice thing about, about the same show that Cosmo were being bitchy about. So <laughs> it, it, it kind of... I, you know what I mean? There's enough good than, than there is bad, so yeah, it's not. I don't know if it was. I don't know. I think that's kind of a compliment. I quite, yeah, yeah, no, it is. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, cool. Shout out Rainbow, great. <laughs> you know, I, I just like. <laughs> I, I think I've got a sense of humour, so it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sitting here thinking it's some sort of super fine art. You know, minimal, minimal minimalist thing because it's not. <laughs> you know, mm. I think. Um, 
I've got enough awareness of what I'm creating to sort of. Well, what I love about your work, Jack, is the fact that you stand alone. And as I mentioned, but watching that documentary and I saw an outfit and instantly could recognize it as you. You have a signature throughout all your pieces, yet they're not all the same. I mean, I'm just interested. What, what do you think fashion has a role to play, considering interior designers and, uh, and hospitality brands are really trying to become unconventional in their approaches? Yeah, no, I think everyone's trying to think outside the box. I think it's just, um, I think sort of gone are the days where you can just rely on one, on one kind of sphere. You know, it's can't, you've got to be thinking about everything these days and be, brands need to be thinking, you know, who, what, what, what other outreach can, can, can we get and what other perspective can we have? Because it's, I think it's different. I think probably years ago, you like hotels would just go to a kind of a general corporate design company and say, designers or something you know and, mm. and I think it's more about I see now there's a lot more artists involved in more commercial projects which, which I think is nice and I think certainly for me and, and the work I want to do I, I certainly want to put my spin on other brands identities and, and make it a bit more exciting I think I think it's I think everyone's benefiting from, from, you know, from, from, from the whole process absolutely and yeah. um, with fashion being so fast and and actually to spawn so many levels um i think it's safe to say that, that you obviously have a signature style how have you maintained that style's relevance um in a landscape that's constantly evolving um i think for me it's always been i've never really seen my work has never really been kind of like it's just fashion or it's just costume it's always been you know i make things that are off the body on the body so it's more always like for me the relevance is where it fits in that moment, you know, does it, is it, is it something for performance? Is it something for, you know, I think that's how, where the relevancy happens rather than it just being like, if I was just sat here making a bit of costumes all day, I think it would be, well, I'd be bored out of my mind and I think everyone else would be as well, <laughs> you know? So I think it's just positioning it in different ways and reinterpreting what you've done in different ways in different contexts. I think that's how I'll keep, I keep, I keep relevant. Yeah. Absolutely. And then finally, <laughs> the phone call earlier oh right so yeah so um so i'm currently working on my very first big installation like my very big big yeah so um it's it's like it's going to be a light it's my very first big light installation and it's at the blackpool illuminations uh in blackpool so it's gonna it's like a i'm from i'm from, I'm from blackpool originally so it's oh, kind of a a 360 but the Apple Illuminations as a thing were the biggest inspiration for me, me as a child. And I won a competition to design my own installation for them two year and a half ago. Obviously, with COVID, it was delayed. So it's now being built in Blackpool for launching in sep- first September we launch. Um, oh, I can't wait to see yeah, it. Yeah, it's massive. So the phone call then was from the engineer who's currently working on all the oh, no They've, you've yeah. sent them all the designs and they're like this cannot happen we yeah, can't well, do kind this of, kind of it's kind of, it's really complicated waking it's this big um awe-inspired the whole concept is all based on the bioluminescent life in the sea so it's kind of like um alien life forms in nature is the kind of the inspiration Amazing. Um, so yeah so it's kind of a big we're doing a whole it's a whole concept as a with these, these huge I can't say too much about the design, but they're kind of huge monolithic god-like sculptures that are about eight meters tall, seven, eight meters tall. So they're massive. Um, and they all light up and they're all programmable. And there's these 
AI interactive projections that you can walk through. It's really complicated. Wow. <laughs> so, so, I mean, all these installations, they, they used to be obviously three-dimensional, but uh, we're, we're having a lot of discussions at the moment in interior design with with the, um, with sounds role and, and really playing on the five senses. So, so is it going to really explore that as well? Yeah, so the whole soundscape being made for it as well. I'm writing oh, a soundtrack cool. with the composer. We've got like a big, it's going to be these big lasers that map out of the structure. And yeah, it's, it's a whole experience I'm designing. Because for me, my, as a career goal, just to give you a kind of context, my end career goal is to design rock concerts for, for like oh, awesome. pop stars. That's my end. Obviously, that's a long process to get there. It's a very tight industry, um, that, that industry. So I'm, I'm slugging away to try and get there. But um, it's kind of like my very first sort of toe being dipped in that more sort of production, um, big live art installation sort of field. So um, yeah, it's, it's a Amazing. whole, it's going to be these huge towers and they're all going to be programmed um, to kind of a 15 minute sequence light show um, with all lasers and sound and yeah. So it's, that's opening. So Reese will be going off to work and you'll be going off to a rock concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the, that's the, yeah. Well, it's, well, I think, no, I think we'll, still be, we'll still be working together. Yeah. I'm sure at that time he I don't know if he'll be, if he'll be a doctor still but who knows we'll, we'll, we'll see <laughs> incredible yeah well Jack thank you so much for joining us and just keep doing what you're doing we absolutely love your work and can't wait to see more thank you so much thank you see yeah you soon yeah thank you so much yes and anything else let me know um Oh, God, what's this? Yeah, cool. Can we just do one more question? I mean, I realised that I mentioned noble hospitality, but I realised that you didn't actually. I was thinking of another lighting. Yeah, 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 no, I didn't I was like, so should we just do that question again and maybe just be able to edit that in? Yeah, yeah. Sam, cool. what, you know what the um. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah, it was okay. Um, I'll just I'll just go. Okay. So, so Jack, um, with hotel interior designers uh, really trying to establish more unconventional ways to portray like public areas, um, I find that really interesting, and I, I think that's that's your style, obviously, really attracted W hotels. Um, but do you think fan has a wider role to play uh, in interior design challenges at the moment? Yes, definitely. I think um, there's a you know. There's, there's there's a real angle for fashion designers and artists to be involved in interior design to kind of give their take on it. I think um, your times are developed now where people are interested in them more than just your standard interior designer, you know, do, doing, doing everything. They sort of want to see that sort of artist stamp on something. You know, they, they want to see, for example, there's certain designers designing uniforms for certain hotels for staff. And I think that, that's a really interesting take and it means as a consumer you're kind of more drawn and interested in the whole experience because you're kind of going who's designed that who's designed that rather than just being this blanket playing corporate thing and um, that it can sort of come across as so yeah I think it's mm -hmm. got a huge part to play and I think it's a very um for, for sort of both sides both can benefit because the designer kind of has a PR angle to be involved in these big hotels and have their sort of branding and association with it, but also um, the hotel gets something really cool in return and has a really interesting sort of design statement or design mm. sample sort of put in the space. So I think both parties really benefit from it. Um, yeah. I love with your work that it's so, um, it's so bold and unapologetic on one level and yet your DNA 
as, as a business and as a brand really forms around the collaborations you make along the way. What would you say is the, um, the perfect formula for a decent collaboration? Oh, I think it's just, yeah, that's a really good question. I think the, um, the best thing is, is sort of knowing, knowing when to push and when, you know, when not to push. I think it can kind of be, um, you know, some, some projects, you know, you know you're confined and some you kind of have to ask the question, like for example, with, with W London, my, 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 host, my design was very outlandish, but it was me having awareness and going, I'm aware you're going to say no, but this is a design. But, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So you kind we'll of scale you're, back. <laughs> you're, you're already preempting what could happen rather yeah. than kind of going into the collaboration really headstrong, like, I'm amazing, let's do this. You know, it's, it doesn't really wash that well with, with everyone. So I was yeah. going in with a more humble approach and an open mind and being open to change and sort of certainly helps everyone involved yeah 100% well Jack it's been an absolute pleasure I feel as if we've really got a glimpse of of your life and your world and I think everyone needs a bit of Jack Irving in in their life really (laughs) to get through these current climates to just transport themselves to a different planet (laughs) well thank you yeah hopefully come to Jack come to Jack's planet (laughs) yes (laughs) hope we can see you soon yeah totally yeah see something sure yeah yeah I'm actually good so I'm actually going to be doing a new collection this year as well at some point. Um, so I'm kind of hoping to kind of build my new, I sort of treat each collection as traveling to kind of a new planet. So, um, yeah. If you need any models, Harriet and I are readily available. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> See you soon. And that was my interview with Jack Irving. It's just so fascinating to me getting a glimpse into into the life of um, a fashion designer creative artist whatever you want to call him Um, and I just love the fact that he just you know he's really stayed in his lane from from a student to where he is now uh, when it comes to his style and his his DNA that sets him aside from from everyone else I guess Um, and also to really understand the context behind some of those iconic collaborations that have you know, really reinforced his career. Um, and we're very much looking forward to seeing what what comes out of the Jack Irving studio, um, hopefully soon with that little teaser at the end there. Next month, Harriet and I will be recording Design Pod in person. Finally, the moment has arrived and we're going to be recording an episode entitled Crafting Creativity and we'll be joined by the lovely ladies at Cards and Cagnetti. Join us then.